We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. We're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Andrew, how you doing? On one hand, very exciting. We're one day away from April. On the other hand, I make a joke about the Aaron Rodgers trade being completed every week, and it still hasn't happened yet. (laughs) So not so great. But on the best... Best news, Maggie is back, and yes. so the trifecta has reunited. <laughs> yeah, it feels good to be back. Draft season is one of my favorite times of the year, and who better to talk about the draft with than two of my favorite Pack-A-Day podcast co-hosts? Oh, that's really, really kind of <laughs> Two of. Two of. Two of. There's a long <laughs> list. We're on it, maybe. I was, I'm really glad that you went ahead and introduced Maggie, Andrew, because I was assuming you would do that, so... Glad you went ahead and took care of that. But we're super excited to have Maggie along for draft season. And I can't think of a better way to get ready for draft weekend than weekly conversation with you guys. It's going to be fun. Um, There wasn't a ton of Packers news on Thursday. However, there were a few 
pro days today around the country. We know that Brian Gutekunst was in attendance at the Tennessee pro day. We know that Green Bay had a rep at the Florida pro day. Uh, TCU also had their pro day today. I haven't seen whether or not the Packers had reps there or not. I was kind of looking around to find that, but haven't seen it. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys, any players from Florida, Tennessee or TCU, that you've really got your eyes on that you're hoping that the Packers maybe came away today a little bit impressed by? Yeah, so my theory is that the Packers are there scouting Max Dugan and Hendon Hooker. Um, just kidding. Just, uh, but, I mean, it, it sounded like even at the Combine or pre-Combine, they met with Quentin Johnston and Jalen Hyatt. So those picks, you know, wouldn't be surprising for me for the Packers. Green Bay needs to add somebody to the wide receiving room in some capacity. Uh, the Florida defensive tackle, Gervin Dexter, screams Packer pick to me really high relative athletic score, physical fit in Green Bay's defense, position of need. Um, but my sneaky would make sense for the Packers pick under the right circumstances um, is Edge Dylan Horton from TCU. I could see him being like a day three guy for the Packers if they don't go edge early. Had 10 and a half sacks in 2022 and 15 tackles for loss. Uh, led the Big 12 in both of those categories. So not an immediate impact player like some of the other guys mentioned, uh, but another really nice rotational piece who could develop alongside Rashawn Gary, who is one of the best at what he does. So you're joking about the quarterbacks, Maggie. But Hendon, <laughs> Hooker, Hendon Hooker is exactly the kind of haggard veteran quarterback you want to <laughs> see behind Jordan Love, right? Everybody's calling for this veteran quarterback. Well, let's just take him in the draft. And <laughs> in, in all seriousness, Hendon Hooker is 11 months older than Jordan Love is. Um, and yeah, I really like Hooker's college tape, but uh, yeah, coming off a knee injury and uh, with the age, uh, there there are some questions there for sure. Uh, you know, I'll talk about a Florida player later in the show, probably unrelated to the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> but I'm in love with Jalen Hyatt. People keep telling me all the things he can't do, and that's true, but you know what he can do? run past almost anybody in the NFL and, and having Christian Watson and Jalen Hyatt on the outside is going to leave a six lane interstate of clear traffic. If Aaron Jones gets past the linebackers in the run game. So yeah, uh, Kyle and I got into a pre-show fight about Jalen Hyatt, <laughs> but there was just a misunderstanding. No, not at 15. Maybe if the Packers trade down definitely in the second round, but yeah, I I'm, I'm really interested in Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, I'm glad we cleared that up before we got on the air because I think we were about to throw punches <laughs> over this because uh, I like Hyatt. I like his skill set. I think it's really fun. And we know that the Packers uh, have coveted someone like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to blank on this on the spot. The Will Fuller, uh, the kind of player for a long time. And I think he could bring that to the offense, but not a 15. But, yeah, 45 of these there. That's a really, really fun player to introduce to the offense. Um, let's see. We know – that we don't know about the TCU scouts being there today. But I did think it was really interesting that we know Goody was at Tennessee, um, and he chose to see Hyatt, Tillman, and the offensive tackle, Darnell Wright, and a few other guys over going somewhere like TCU to see Quentin Johnston, which a lot of people have kind of like, you know, in the crazy search for the Packers' next wide receiver crush that we all know isn't actually going to happen in the first round. Uh, maybe the interest there for the Packers. But who knows what that means, but he wasn't at TCU for that. But um, you guys, we're going to jump into this next segment here. I'm going to turn it over to Andrew uh, as we get into some of our draft crushes. Yeah, because we're on the precipice of the start of April, and that really just means the Back of the Day podcast and the entirety of the NFL turns 
almost all of its focus to the draft. And the podcast is going to be leading the charge on what prospects make the most sense for green and gold. If you're listening this far into the offseason, odds are you know something about the draft. But we wanted to take a deeper dive into some prospects we really love and we'll watch for in late April, uh, whether they end up as a Green Bay Packer or not. So, Maggie, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so apparently this was also controversial in the Andrew Mertig uh, wide receiver ratings, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm going to start with Josh Downs, uh, the wide receiver from North Carolina. The Packers obviously already have their boundary guys in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Samori so Toure can be a slot guy for them, but regardless, you know, I just mentioned it, the Packers need to get some help in the receiving room. So to me, Downs would be like an ideal slot guy for LaFleur's offense. He ran a nice 40 time, but where he really shines is that short area quickness. His 10 and 20 yard splits were insane and he can move. He's got really impressive quickness, had over a thousand receiving yards in 2021 and 2022 combined for 19 touchdowns, both seasons. And he led the ACC in receptions the last two seasons. So if you watched his gauntlet drill at the combine, it was so smooth. He's just so natural, you know, really solid hands, catches the ball away from his body without ever breaking his stride. So also has lots of punt return experience. Um, if for whatever reason, Rich Bisaccia needed someone back there not named Keyshawn Nixon. But if he was there at 45 or, I don't know, 42, 43 Jets, um, I think he's a really nice fit for the Packers in the second round. Yeah, I really like Josh Downs. I really just wish that he was heavier than 171 pounds. And I know it's little stuff like that you get hung up on, and we always get on the Packers for just wishing that they would throw out their thresholds and take good football players, right? Like, that's the the point of this is to acquire talented players, and he certainly is one. So he's a player I like, but I really do. Every time I just go back uh, to look at that athletic profile and I see that 171, I'm like, man, that's a tough one to get over. But... If you're looking to add that small receiver, if you miss out in the first round and someone uh, maybe, you know, maybe in the second round, maybe he's a good add there for the offense. Um, I'm going to talk about tight end Brenton Strange out of Penn State. And we know that this is a super deep draft class at tight end. And I just got around to Brenton Strange this week. And I'm really, really excited about him as someone that you can draft, I think, early on day three, probably. And get someone who can probably be your second or third tight end but who also, I believe, has a legit shot to become a starter in the NFL. Strange is 6'4", 255. He's decently fast. He ran a 4.740 at the Combine. I thought he kind of played a little bit faster than that. Uh, he's super athletic. Uh, but what you love most about him is his versatility. He can absolutely win in the passing game. He's great after the catch. He shows incredible contact balance and gets those extra yards for you. Um, he's also an above average blocker. He's shown the ability to win in line, but he can also be used as an H back. He played some fullback in 2021 for Penn state. So just a really versatile offensive piece and the athleticism absolutely jumps on the tape. He's an 8.9 RAS guy, lots of explosiveness on tape. So lots to like, he's really, really young too. He'll be 22 years old his entire rookie season, which isn't crazy young, but it's almost two years younger than guys like Wiley, Schoonmaker, and Kuntz. So other guys that are probably in that early day three consideration at tight end as well. So I love Strange, and especially if the Packers take two tight ends in this draft, I kind of hope maybe he's that second guy. Yeah, what a bizarre choice by you. Um, <laughs> so, you know, because his name's Strange. Oh, 
I was struggling with transition there, Kyle. Thanks. Jeez, man. Uh, I go with like a super lazy pick. Uh, and I mentioned I was going to talk about a Florida player later in the show. Mm-hmm. This is that time. Um, I'm going to talk about Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, who is top 10 mocked everywhere, but he doesn't have the resume you usually expect from a top 10 quarterback. So I'm going to tell you why I love Anthony Richardson. To me, he is the ideal modern quarterback build. He's big, strong, fast. He has a howitzer for an arm. There's a Josh Allen-like upside with Anthony. Um, And like many super young, experienced quarterbacks, there's a ton of issues with consistency. His footwork can be a mess at times. His mechanics are inconsistent. Um, This displays in his accuracy for sure. Like on one play, he'll make a 50-yard throw in the bucket between two defenders and then wildly miss a five-yard inbreaker on the next. And if he can just work with a quarterback coach, there's a decent chance he can clean this stuff up before the draft. And I, I think we've already seen progress towards that. His pro day uh, was that yesterday, today, um, whatever it was, looked really impressive, um, except the one that he threw off the ceiling. But uh, <laughs> like, I, if you're going to draft Anthony Richardson, expect some growing pains early. But I think the payoff down the line can be absolutely incredible. Like he can be a more athletic version of Jordan Love in that like he's a crazy toolsy prospect. Give him some time to develop, maybe not three seasons, but give him a little bit of time to develop. And then he's that plus all of the athleticism. And certainly like there is going to be a lot of variability with this. He's the most variable quarterback by far. I mentioned the Josh Allen kind of ceiling. He has a pretty like basement level floor as well, right? Like he could be pretty bad, but I guess in the modern NFL, you're going to avoid that sort of Jamarcus Russell type outcome because he can always just be like a C plus Lamar Jackson. So hopefully by the time the podcast comes out tomorrow, I will have released my ratings Here's a little sneak peek. Anthony Richardson is going to be my overall prospect number two. So to say I like him a lot is a bit of an understatement. I think he's going to have the opportunity to be really, really special in the NFL. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Too bad he's not old enough to be Jordan Love's backup. But uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, 
Zach Pickens from the other Carolina, South Carolina, um, as my second pick. He's a defensive tackle. Um, it's a name I feel like I haven't really seen much or heard much about from Packers Twitter, but somebody I think the Packers Twitter should be talking about um, absolutely should be in the conversation for the Packers. Green Bay's defensive line is just I mean, basically decimated. Kenny Clark is Kenny Clark, but they lost Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed in free agency. They have first-round pick Devontae Wyatt from last year and TJ Slayton, you know, is like your nose tackle, but he's not really an every-down guy. Um, but those are the only three players that have NFL snaps on their resume. Um, otherwise, it's Chris Slayton and Jonathan Ford, who have not actually played yet in the regular season. So Pickens would come in right away, and he'd just immediately be able to add to that rotation. He's got an elite RAS score. He's got really long arms, quick hands, can shed blocks really nicely um, to defend against the run. But he also is explosive enough to generate some pass rush um, and get some pressure on the quarterback. So Operation Get Kenny Clark Help feels like it's been going on as long as Kenny Clark has been in Green Bay. Um, And despite them drafting Wyatt last year, it doesn't really feel any different this year. It feels like Kenny Clark still needs help. So I like thinking about what Jerry Montgomery could do with a prospect like Pickens as a three technique. He seems very moldable at the next level. All right. So my guy here is Marvin Mims, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. And I picked Marvin Mims because Andrew thinks that I only like big clunky wide receivers. Uh, This (laughs) comes from a fight we had off of our recording here. Uh, But I'm planting my flag here with Mims as one of my guys. I love a lot of wide receivers in this class. I love Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, and I like some of the bigger guys (laughs) that Andrew but uh, would probably take issue with, although I know he likes Rasheed Rice. I like Rice a lot. But the player that I think is being overlooked is Marvin Mims. He just checks so many boxes he ran a 4.38 at the combine he's a nine plus ras guy he's only 183 pounds but he's five foot 11 so he's not as short as guys like flowers and some of these other small receivers in this class Uh, but i think he plays a lot bigger than that he shows plenty of ability to win at the catch point in contested situations and i think he's getting knocked because of his limited route tree but i think this might be one of those situations where just because he didn't do it doesn't mean that he can't. And I think we'll see a more diverse route tree at the next level for him. And I think he can potentially win from the slot and outside with the speed that he possesses. But um, I think Mims is a guy that goes in probably the late second, maybe early, early third round who ends up surprising a lot of people. So uh, those are our draft crushes for this week, though. I know we've got a lot more to get to you guys, uh, but that's what this whole month is for, right? Uh, But as we know, the Packers don't, always think like we do Uh, to our disappointment they don't always prioritize our favorite players so let's have some fun and do some projecting here Um, we're 27 days out from the nfl draft if you guys had to guess right now in this moment who do you think the packers are targeting to take at number 15 yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I, I think there's a lot of thought that the top offensive tackles in this class are all kind of in the same bucket. And I personally disagree with that sentiment. I have Broderick Jones, the tackle from Georgia, as my clear OT1. And quite frankly, I think he's going to end up being a top five overall player for me. Jones has been the left tackle for Georgia the last two seasons as they won back-to-back national championships. He's a big, super fluid athlete. He has all the athleticism you would want in an NFL left tackle. He mirrors well. He shows the tenacity to finish blocks. He reacts to defensive alignment games really well. His technique has a tendency to get a little sloppy at times, but nothing that you can't clean up. 
I think there were some instances of late hand placement and his top half getting over his feet, but he he just like it's crazy. He started at left tackle for the best team in the country the last two years, but he doesn't have that much starting experience, only 19 games. So I think with a little more time and coaching, those issues that I just mentioned, super correctable. He can be a grader in the run game, but he also wins with his feet and by taking good angles. Um, and I think I meant to say he can't. He's not a road grader in the run game, but like he he's going to block effectively. He's going to cut angles. He's going to get in the way of defenders, and he's going to be an impactful run blocker uh, by using his feet, his leverage, and um, you know also just like instincts in, and intelligence. And I think he's a fantastic prospect and someone who fits what the Packers typically look for in tackles. I think he might be gone by pick 15. So that's a problem in this conversation. But if not, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up in Green Bay. And I, quite frankly, wouldn't be surprised if he goes a little earlier than that. He could still be a Packer because I think if he gets into that 10 or 11 range, the Packers could potentially look at, you know, utilizing their third round pick for good instead of waste (laughs) and maybe moving up a few spots to target somebody like Broderick Jones. Plus, hey, Another Georgia Bulldog to the Packers in the first round. I think I think this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm going to follow Andrew here with yet another Georgia Bulldog in the first round. I know a lot of Twitter loves Darnell Washington. I do as well. But I think the first round might be a little bit rich for Goody to take a tight end. Instead, I'm going to go with a premium position that we know that he covets. And I'm going to take Edge Nolan Smith. Um, I said this on Packs, what she said. I said this to Aaron Nagler. Nolan Smith just feels like a Packer pick. He's a little bit undersized, but he put the NFL on notice. When you're in a 4-3-9-40 at the Combine, he's about as freaky of an athlete as they come. Really high elite relative athletic score, has elite speed and explosion, but is definitely you know undersized. And um, it's hard for him to set the edge at 6'2", 238 pounds, but He's a really high character locker room leader, you know, the kind of player that we know Brian Gutekunst really loves, rangy, fluid body movements. He's aggressive um, in pursuit of the football and has really nice football IQ. Um, So, yeah, I just think the only question mark would be, um, could he put on weight and still maintain all of the traits that make him so desirable? Um, Because the intensity is there, but you wouldn't want him to lose that, trying to, to force his body to do something that maybe it's not built to do, but... I still think that he is just the ultimate Brian Gutekunst pick. Rashawn Gary's coming back. You've got Preston Smith. Um, you've got J.J. Anigbari from the fifth round last year. But I think they could they could give Nolan Smith some time to develop, although 15 maybe feels a little bit rich at this point. I don't know. He could be a trade-back candidate, I think, in the first round. It's really interesting. I'm going to get into my player here, but Maggie talking about Nolan Smith. It's interesting. I think I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah, maybe the uh, their podcast, and they were talking about the NFL seems to have like a tear break of edge rushers with Nolan Smith being the last of the top four with uh, Van Ness. And then, of course, Will Anderson and um, help me, the guy from Texas Tech, um, Tyree Wilson. Thank you. Um, but I thought that was really interesting because I always assumed that it was going to be Miles Murphy in that group. Uh, so it seems like the NFL according to those guys, is preferring someone like Nolan Smith. So we'll see. It'll be interesting where his range is. Like Maggie said, if 15 is a sweep spot or if that is a little bit early. Um, but I've got a different player here. I did not go to the University of Georgia with this one. Um, I've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, the wide receiver, of course. And this is kind of a fan favorite pick. 
I do think that an edge rusher is very much in play here. We mentioned like the Van Ness, the Miles Murphys, and of course, uh, Nolan Smith. If they're on the board, I think that makes a ton of sense. But I think the Packers are going to make an effort to give Jordan Love the weapons that he needs to succeed. The Packers have made an effort to stack this team with defense for years. Wyatt and Walker last year, Stokes the year before, and they could definitely go that route again. The secondary does need attention. Uh, they could go edge for sure, like we said, but they need to know if Jordan Love can play, and they need to know fast. And so if you give him weapons and he succeeds, that's great. You love that. But if he fails, you've still got a powerful offense to go ahead and drop a new quarterback into either next year or the year after that. And the Packers have been robbed of the opportunity to take guys like Bateman and Ayuk and Justin Jefferson that we've heard that they liked year after year. And the Packers tend to prefer wide receivers who are just a bit heavier, maybe a bit taller historically than someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I have this gut feeling that maybe this is like a Jair Alexander situation where he's right on that Mendoza line and they'll overlook it to take a player that they covet. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And one of the things, sorry, I, I was I was just doing a little bit of my own research here. Um, so the Green Bay Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers in 2005, and then they proceeded to go um, with a second round pick at wide receiver in 2006, third round pick in 2007, second round pick in 2008. Um, those were Greg Jennings, James Jones, and Jordy Nelson, for those of you keeping track at home. Um, and Terrence Murphy was actually selected um, somewhere in, in there as well. And so I think, you know, for the Packers to kind of look back to that, those years weren't necessarily the transition to Aaron Rodgers, but rebuilding that wide receiver room. I think there's a model there for them to continue to invest in, even though I think like there's some wounds sitting there that we don't think the Packers are ever going to draft a first round wide receiver <laughs> or spend like high, high round capital on those, those players as well. But uh, I, you know, I certainly would be doing yeah. jumping jacks on air if the Packers took JSN um, in four weeks. That yeah, would that be, where we're at? that would be a fun Thursday night if that happened. <laughs> yes. So this is exciting. We're going to continue to talk about draft prospects. Of course, uh, you know, you don't want to look too far ahead in the NFL draft, but we do have an interesting prospect coming up in the 2045 NFL draft, one Vincent Loney. <laughs> Is that correct? He's going to be a little math. undersized, I think, for every position, <laughs> like his mom, but that's okay. <laughs> You'll have heart. Excellent punter or a really core <laughs> special teamer or something. You know, you don't need size for everything. Yeah. 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 Um, but... That is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack Day Podcast. Please, uh, you know, make sure that you're checking us out as we dive really deep into draft season and get you prepared for that leading up to uh, the NFL draft at the end of April. And, and we'll be here on that Thursday night breaking down all the first day picks. And we'll have tons and tons and tons of coverage to get you ready um, for our favorite time of year. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney and on Packs What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every Friday. And next week, we'll be back with the official start of NFL draft season. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Whoa, hey, whoa.